I'm hesitant to do any podcasts about marriage or kids because I feel like I'm always trying to figure it out and having small fails all the time, small wins too, but relationships and raising kids are both so complicated. That said, I think it's so important to have honest conversations about how we can show up in the best way in our relationships and as a parent. So today we're jumping into raising kids who are kind, kids who have empathy and concern for others and who can see outside of themselves and the world that they live in. I'm talking about being intentional about raising kind kids, kids who will go sit next to the other kid who's sitting alone at lunch, kids who will have moral courage and see the value in helping others. My favorite line of probably any movie is from Cinderella and I tell it to my kids every day. Have courage and be kind. That's what this one is all about. Let's go. You're listening to the How to Be Awesome at Everything podcast, where we're obsessed with life hacks that make your life more awesome. Your host, Lindsay Dickhout, is an entrepreneur and business owner, a mom and wife, and someone who wants to do things over the top at all times. This concept started as a collection of things Lindsay has learned that she was documenting to give to her kids one day, and now it's a podcast. Join us on this journey where we talk about how to be awesome at everything we do. Here's Lindsay. How to be awesome at teaching your kids about kindness. In this episode, I'm sharing all the ways I've incorporated kind acts into my kids' lives to create a routine of it. So it's part of their world and their everyday thinking. And in a way that's genuine and not forced, I really believe that kindness is one of the most important things that we can teach our kids. So today we're going to talk about real ways we can exercise kindness all the time so it becomes second nature for our kids. So first, I want to talk about kids who have empathy and how we are going to raise kids to have empathy and not just think about themselves. The world that they live in is such a different world than the world that we grew up in, in so many ways, in in positive and negative ways. And I think that it is harder with technology and, you know, the selfie kind of culture, it's harder for them to see outside of their own world and their kids, you know, of course they see through their own eyes and their perspective. So talking about how we can teach them to see the world through other people's eyes and not in a forced way, but in a genuine way and in a way that they they wanna do it and they're interested. You know, like I said, technology and the phones and the iPads and the TV and the YouTube and the social media. Um, I'm not one of these people that is super negative on all of that. I like to embrace the world that we live in and embrace the evolution of things and make it so that it it works for us, you know, and, and, and do it in a healthy way because it's not going away. So you can either resist it or you can embrace it and try to create the most healthy relationship you can. So this is definitely not negative about social media or technology or selfies or anything like that, but we live in a selfie culture. And I think that it's very easy for our kids to see, be even more selfish in a way because, you know, we're all, we're all looking at photos and it just, it's very easy to fall into that at, at any age and different at different ages. So thinking about on the daily, how we can really help our kids see other people's perspectives and 
show them videos about how other people live and what other kids in the world might be experiencing just so they have a global a global awareness, you know? And from that brings great perspective. Now, I don't mean this forced sit down like, all right, kids, we're gonna sit down and, you know, watch an hour of videos of, of kids, you know, carrying water on their heads uphill, something that totally exists in the world, but something that maybe might be painful for your kids depending on their age, if they're older probably, or that might not really resonate. I'm talking about learning together and incorporating little things into daily life so we have a good perspective and we're not just kind of like going through the motions. And I've found as I'm always trying to navigate this and and be very self-aware and critical of myself, honestly, of like, okay, like where have I had, where have I had wins when it comes to this and where have I had fails? And I think to be totally transparent where I've had fails is when I allow myself to be distracted. Now, we're all juggling so many things, but sometimes, you know, I feel like I have I have not been as good as I could be about giving full focus to what my kids are saying. Full focus. Even if I have a million things, I'm cooking dinner, something's, you know, I'm worried about something burning, someone's ringing the doorbell, like all the different things. But I've really, really learned over the years and in my, you know, 10 years now of being a parent that if I can just try to eliminate distractions, put my phone away and listen to what my kids are saying, I can help them so much more and help instill kindness in their everyday. Like when they're telling stories, and I've really learned that a lot of times kids don't get in the car and tell stories about their day. It a lot of times happens as the evening goes on or before bed or at dinner or in transition, you know, like it, it, you have to allow those times I've learned for them to talk about what's happening. And I've learned I have to be present. Like when those moments happen, even though I'm juggling a million things, there's nothing more important in that moment than giving them my full attention and not to lecture them or like give them advice, but to listen to what happened and listen to their thoughts on it and their approach and ask questions if maybe I thought their approach wasn't what I had hoped it would be. Ask questions to make them decide on different reactions or different thoughts about a certain situation. So from my experience and, you know, like I said, kind of being hypercritical and listen, we all need to give ourselves a little grace and uh, and patience for sure. Because a lot of times, like I can say that now, but a lot of times it's like, yeah, but you know, I had a newborn and you know, there's all these different elements. And sometimes it's just not realistic to give, especially if you have multiple kids, or even if you just have one kid, there's a lot of things going on. It's hard to stop life um, at, at a moment when, when they're telling you something, but I've learned if I can be better about this most of the time, not let myself, um, be scrolling on my phone or be doing emails at, you know, kind of key like dinner time and bedtimes and things like that. I just put it away so that I'm less distracted and more present to what they're actually telling me so that I can respond in ways that I will think that I think will help instill more kindness and just get into the routine, I'm a big fan of routines, get into the routine of talking about things through the lens of kindness and empathy and putting ourselves in other people's shoes. And I always talk to my kids about, you just don't know the rocks in other people's shoes, you know? So if they are, you know, telling me a story about something that someone did wrong or, or this or, or this or that, I always try to teach them, you know what, no matter what, we still just want to be kind. 
because you have no idea the hard the hardship they could be facing or something that could be happening at home. I just don't let my kids go on and on about, you know, something that happened that wasn't fair. Of course, I let them feel the way they feel, but I always want to see the optimistic side and the kind side of it and teach them to give people a little grace and give people a pass and realize you just don't know the rocks in someone else's shoes. So if we can think of it from the kindest, you know, point of view, I think that's just always going to be better. And the best way that I've really learned over the years, it's funny because it's like the easiest and also the hardest is do the best you can yourself. You know, it's, it's kind of freeing because it's like, I'll read all these parenting books and I'll listen to audio books and listen to podcasts and it all can become overwhelming. Like, okay, I got to do this. I got to do this. And before you know it, you have in your mind like 7,000 things that you want to do in a day to help your kids be their most happy, positive, awesome selves. But then it almost is a relief when you think, how about I just focus on being the kindest person I can? Because at the end of the day, they're going to model our behavior more than they're going to listen to what we say. I really believe that. And so if we're constantly working on ourselves and being very mindful of the words that come out, come out of our mouths, it makes us a better person and it's going to make them better people. And I think also, depending on your kids' ages, really controlling yourself and sheltering conversations. Like even if you're not being necessarily negative, but if it's something you know your kids shouldn't hear, you know when you, when you want to talk about something with on the phone with a friend or with your spouse, but your kids are in the room and you're like, I just want to talk about it anyways. Maybe they won't really hear it. Listen, they always hear. You have to save those conversations for another time just because they pick up on everything. I really have gotten good in the last couple of years. I never complain about something. I really try not to complain at all or complain about people or, you know, say things gossipy. I really just try to be intentional with my word. But if there's anything that's more like adult talk that they shouldn't hear, I always save it. I just know they hear everything and my behavior is going to be their biggest, their biggest influence, their biggest model. So like I said, in a way it creates a lot of pressure. It's like, don't worry, just be really, really great yourself. Like, oh, thanks. No pressure there. But in a way it's also really freeing because, you know, if you're thinking about navigating and bobbing through all these different philosophies of parenting and approaches and different things that, you know, psychologists say and books, it's, you know, you can make it a lot more, a lot simpler by saying, Just work on being your most kind and empathetic self and that will go so, so far with your kids. I also believe in teaching the right habits and the right routines so that it becomes a part of their their everyday life and their everyday thinking, you know? So it's not just we volunteer once a year around Thanksgiving kind of thing and that's when we think about others and and the importance of volunteering and being aware of other people's hardships. No, it's more it's more of a routine. And maybe you're not volunteering every month, but you're still doing kind things and you're thinking about kind things. And we'll get into a little bit later the different ways that I've learned to teach my kids kindness on the daily. But in general, I just try to have the mindset that we're going to have kindness as a part of our routine. And... I show them this with my actions because I focus on it. So you know how we ask, I mean, especially depending on the age of your kids, but as our kids get older and they are getting like actual grades in school, grades are are really important to us as parents. But I've really taken a step back and I, in my mind, 
have kindness at the same level of importance as grades. You know, we ask them about their grades. How they? How were your grades? How'd the test go? What'd you think? Did you get your test back? Um, and so, and I see this especially in you know in other friends who have older kids. It, of course, grades are so so important. But are we asking our kids that same thing when it comes to kindness? Like when they tell us stories about what happened at school, are we asking about like how we reacted, how they reacted or how that made them feel or when something happened with their friends, how did it feel or what did they do or what did they wish they would have done? You know what I mean? I really think that the more we focus on it, as much as grades, we focus on kindness and kindness consistently I think it's just so important and that's one of the best ways to get it into your routine. I like most things that I that are very important to me in my life and my family's life, I realize I have to really focus on something and be very intentional about it. So with this, I have decided to be intentional about raising kind kids. You know, kids who know how to deal with bullying and they have moral courage and they know what to do in certain circumstances. And listen, their kids are never going to be perfect, but we talk about different things. We talk about what they would do if, you know, someone's being picked on to stand up for someone who needs someone on their side, or if there's a, you know, a bad situation happening and it's something that they should walk away and get out of a bad situation. And, how to be strong and have courage and be confident enough to walk away or stand up for someone or defend themselves. You know what I mean? When I'm thinking about myself and trying to model model being a really good, kind role model to my kids, I often think kind of like when I'm going to bed at night and kind of recapping the day in my mind, I think, you know, if in my day today, if my kids modeled my behavior or repeated my words, would I be happy with that? Like that's kind of how I kind of do a self-regulation, like a self-check. Like, okay, let's take an account of how I was today. If my kids acted the way I acted and said the things I said, would that be, would I be happy with that? Would that be, you know, on the kindness scale, would that be where I want them to be? And that's kind of, kind of keep myself in check. And you know, maybe I'll say like, okay, yes, I was extra kind and I made sure that I, you know, did this for this person, this for this person. And my kids saw me doing that because they were with me in the car or whatever it is. I think that that's a good way to kind of, you know, check yourself because a lot of times, like I've talked about in past podcasts, I thought I was being super patient with my kids and then they would kind of point out that they didn't think I was. And it was a little bit eye-opening and, and, you know, frankly, really, you know, sad because I, I thought I was being extra patient. But then when they pointed it out, I could see their perspective. And I think that this kind of is the same thing. We have to be intentional about it and we have to self-reflect and be honest with ourselves and, um, you know, be willing to point out our own shortcomings because that's how, that's how we have growth. So ways that I kind of teach my kids on the daily to be kind and be conscientious and think about other people. I tell my kids, and I know a lot of people do this, um, to look at the color of people's eyes. So if you are, if someone is talking to you, if you're talking to someone, look at the color of their eyes because it makes them make eye contact. So if you're ordering something in a restaurant, of course, they say, may I please have, and they look at the color of their eyes. And I really found that for kids, it's like a very 
And, you know, rather than just say, you know, make sure you look someone in the face when you speak to them, it just resonates really well with kids to say, look at their eye color because then they have something to focus on and, and they do it. And I feel like my kids have, you know, better eye contact and I don't know, eye contact is, just feels kind. So I always tell them, look at the color of people's eyes when you're talking to them. Also, smile. Like, I feel like a smile goes a long way. You know, if you, I don't know, like you're passing someone in the grocery store and someone just smiles at you, it's just, it's just uplifting and it's kind. And I feel like a smile can just go so far. And I teach my kids, you know, if someone's having a bad day or you can see that the whole class is being tough on the teacher, just smile. You know, like a lot of times you can't, you can't stand up and talk in the middle of class or, you know, if someone's across the room or if you can tell someone's sad, I just feel like a smile requires very little effort. It doesn't cost you anything. It doesn't take a lot of time. But just understanding and knowing that a smile is so powerful is just such a cool thing. And it just, it's instant kindness to me. So I always teach my, my kids, if someone's sad, if someone's, if you're just not sure, when in doubt, smile. I'm also very big on being grateful and being thankful. And one of the biggest ways we do this is by being thankful to our teachers. If you follow me on Instagram story, you might see I love making teacher baskets or dropping off special little things, nothing that needs to be elaborate or expensive, but just little things often, not just for teacher appreciation week or day or end of the year or holidays, but just little things that make the teachers feel loved and appreciated. And I do it from, you know, a completely genuine place, not to not not for the intention of seeing my kids, you know, of my kids just not doing it so my kids see it, but doing it because our teachers, I feel like are should have all of our appreciation and they work so hard and they give so much to our kids and they have our best our kids' best interest in mind. I just think that um teachers deserve all the love and all the appreciation. And I think that Teachers are such a big part of our kids' lives, making that really important to us, makes it important to the kids, and they're really grateful and respecting their teachers. I think just, I feel like that's made my kids more kind in general. And then I always have them hand whatever it is. So like right now, my little Stella is in third grade and her teacher, Mr. B, loves donuts. Like love, 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 loves donuts. So if we will pick them up, you know, donuts every now and then on the way to school, and she will write a little note on the bag and give it to him. And she's just so proud. And, and you know, it's just, it's kindness all around. So I feel like being thankful and grateful to teachers is a very practical way to teach your kids kindness on the daily. Volunteering. So my nonprofit, The Happiness Project, I started before I had kids. And I just felt a... I just felt like I had love to give in the world and I didn't have kids of my own at that point. I was 25 when I started my nonprofit and my nonprofit is called The Happiness Project and our mission is to help children in need in Orange County. So we bridge the gap between what kids need that the shelters that they live in or the soup kitchens that they visit cannot provide. So I was volunteering for years at these places and I just realized they were able to provide the essentials, so a place to sleep, you know, basic clothing and uh, meals, but a lot of the extras, they just couldn't. So say, you know, a child needed $12 to go on a special field trip. A lot of times they wouldn't go. There, there was no way to get it. And with so many kids, they were just, 
they just didn't have the resources and the means to facilitate those things. Or if a kid needed $60 to play soccer for the season, for the uniform and everything. And all these kids were just missing out on these life experiences that I felt all kids should have. And, and in the big picture, they, it was a relatively low cost for the value that these kids would get out of it. And these kids, and these kids need it. A lot of times they're, they're, the the environment that they have grown up in has been a lot tougher than most kids and so these things mean that much more to them because they really really they really really want those outside experiences and those those things that all the all their other classmates are getting so anyways i started the happiness project because i just wanted i just wanted to help kids on a very like grassroots practical way and I wanted to get in there. I didn't want to just volunteer every now and then. And I wanted my reach to be more than just what I could do that day. You know, so if I was serving food or help organizing the donations that came in at these shelters, I just felt like, well, when I leave, I'm not still helping. I wanted something that lasted longer. So I created the Happiness Project. And now I'm so proud that it's been going on so many years and it's involved into um, at holiday time, we have this big holiday party. We take over South Coast Plaza after it closes. Um, we combine with the Festival of Children Foundation, this awesome organization that the Sagerstone family is involved with, the um, family behind all of South Coast Plaza. And we put on this massive holiday experience for homeless kids in Orange County. We have between 500 and 600 kids that come every year. We bust them in from all over Orange County. And it's just such a cool experience. So we, my kids, I, I have them help. They pack bags and they help me organize uh, the shelters and organize the kids' names and all the spreadsheets and um, cutting all the ribbons that go on the bags. Do we know if this is for a boy age nine or this is for a girl age four or whatever it is? I have them be involved so that it really sinks in that like this is worth our time. And we're not just living in this world where we're like, you know, I want this, I want to go to Claire's, <laughs> you know, it's, there's other people that need things and we're able to help. So we should. So my whole point of all this is figuring out a practical way that you guys can volunteer and do some sort of nonprofit work somehow throughout the year. And if you reach out to local nonprofits, there are so many ways you could do it. So you could find a family to kind of, to kind of not sponsor, but you know, to kind of just help out a couple times a year. So I always do a backpack program in September where I fill backpacks for kids in need. Sometimes we, depending on which kids in our network need it the most. And then we always do lots of stuff for holiday time and we give gifts so that they have something to open for Christmas or Hanukkah or whatever they celebrate. And then we'll do other stuff throughout the year. We'll do a birthday program so all of these shelters can reach out to us and contact us when kids have birthdays coming up if they feel like the family is not able to provide a cake and a couple presents, and then we'll do that. So these are real practical examples of way, ways that you could do it. You can reach out. like You can totally do this. You don't have to wait for you know some sort of notice that, hey, you know, some organization is accepting volunteers for XYZ, you can actually reach out and say, hey, I'd like to be a resource when someone has a birthday. And so you could, you could, the, you could reach out to shelters in your area, like I said, or food kitchens, or places like this that have a network of kids or adults or families, whatever, whoever you want to support, 
and you can tell them, email me when, when something comes up that there's a need and they will. And then you're helping on the regular. Now, listen, we're all, we all have busy lives. And, and I know for a lot of people, you can't, you wouldn't be up or taking on this huge undertaking, but a lot of times you can do it in a very practical way and just, you know, make it so that it's something that's, that you can, that won't overly, you know, overly consume you, something that fits into your routine, that you're happy to do, that you're excited about, that's not going to be, you know, a chore, but it's something that's more than just volunteering on Thanksgiving morning, which listen, that's amazing too. But I just find that for my kids and for our family and for our lives, having, doing kind things for others more on the regular and in little ways really helps. And I figured out ways to kind of make it more efficient because our lives are very busy and it feels like a lot to take on something else. But I think that you can think of very practical ways to do it. Even if you do like one thing a year, like maybe the backpack thing really resonates with you. And so you decide, okay, so every August we're going to fill 12 backpacks with notebooks and school supplies. You can go to Target, Walmart, the dollar store, and it does not have to be that expensive. And then we're going to find kids who need those backpacks. And maybe that's like your the big kind thing you do every year. Or you can pick the holiday that you like the most and find people to support in that way. Or through our nonprofit, we have paired up families sometimes. So maybe you're going to kind of quote unquote sponsor a family during the holiday time. And that just means that you would provide, maybe you drop off food before Thanksgiving for a family and then also maybe before kind of Christmas or whatever they celebrate. Though that would be like, an, so you're kind of, you know, supporting a family. Again, it doesn't have to be super expensive. You can make it practical and make it work for your family, but then you're kind of supporting two great holiday meals for a family that most likely otherwise wouldn't have it. I just feel like adding this type of volunteerism and just kindness towards strangers in need, not only like feels, fills your soul, but your kids are watching. And I'm telling you, it it just gives them a different perspective. It gives them a different perspective and it makes them so much more grateful for what they have. And maybe not every, you know, listen, kids are kids. Maybe not every moment my kids still will, you know, not listen or talk back, but that's part of learning and growing. And my Stella, who's nine, is hilarious. She literally, when I'll tell her, you know, Stella, you're, you're such a good girl, but that was a bad decision. And she'll say, mom, I've only been on earth for nine years. Like, come on, I'm still learning. It makes me die laughing every time because I'm like, all right. I mean, how can you even argue with that? Great point, Stella. You're still learning. You only have been on earth for nine years, so you're still figuring it out. But the whole idea is our kids are never going to be perfect, but we can expose them to all these things that makes them more kind and makes them have more empathy because they're exposed to things outside of their own world. So I love volunteering. I love nonprofit work. Okay, a couple other really practical things. How about making handmade cards? I feel like it's so sweet. When my kids are, maybe I have to do something and they have an extra half hour, hour, I'll have them. I'll throw a bunch of fun um, stickers and markers and things, um, cardstock on the table and say, hey, make a card for anyone you want and then let's put it in the mail. I feel like they love walking mail to mailbox and it's just so sweet to think of someone else and think of a kind note to write out. And of course, you would have to adjust this depending on if your kids are younger or older. If they're younger, you could write the note and then they could decorate it. They could tell you what to write. Or if your kids are older, you can kind of gear it for older kids. 
But I think just not making it a chore, like not making it a requirement, but somehow making it fun and something they want to do, but making a handmade card, I just think there's kindness all wrapped up in that. Like I said, our kids are just growing up in a world that's so different from the world that we grew up in so many in so many ways, in positive ways and in negative ways. And so we just have to adjust our parenting to reflect it. And for me, it's really about taking the time to like take a step back and be intentional about kindness and the way that we're doing kindness as a family, the way that we're talking and making sure that our kids know that being kind is just so important. And hopefully that makes sense and it kind of resonates with you because once I kind of decided, you know what, to me, kindness is as important as grades. It really like upped at a level. You know what I mean? Because we care about grades. We care about our kids keeping up and listening to their teachers and keeping up with their responsibilities. So when I kind of put that on the same level, it just made me focus on it more, to be honest. And kindness is contagious. I've really learned over the years that if something is important to me like this, I just need to super focus on it and be intentional about how it plays out in our lives. Kindness just, it's just contagious, you know? I really hope this episode made you think about kindness in your own life and in your kids' lives. And we all can make kindness a bigger priority and, you know, praise it like we do with good grades and make it a high priority and make it a point of conversation and a point of of our routine in all of our lives. Whew. That was a full episode. I'm kind of out of breath. (laughs) Thank you guys so much for listening. Now let's take all this and go out and raise our kids to be thoughtful and kind and have a positive impact on the world because I can't think of anything that's more awesome than that. I'll talk to you guys soon. Thanks for listening to the How to Be Awesome at Everything podcast. For more info about today's episode and all past episodes, head over to howtobeawesomeateverything.com where we break it all down. Tell us what you thought of today's topic on Lindsay's Instagram at Lindsay's Cloud. Until next time, go out and be awesome because that's exactly what you are.